0: Welcome to the Grey Matter Podcast, the podcast where we aim to make you a better human both in your work and home lives. We do
1: this by challenging your
0: thinking and action on a wide variety of
1: topics. Today, I'm joined by Chris and Nick from Grey Matter Solutions. Morning, fellas. Good morning. Ahoy. Thanks for joining me. The topic that I wanted to talk to you both about today, of course, is a subject that we've spoken about off camera or uh, outside of the uh, what we're doing right now about the founder's dilemma. And I was curious if you could answer that first question. And what is the founder's dilemma, Chris? And why is it important? Why would people want to know about what it is?
2: We're seeing it more and more, Jason. The founders, uh, where founders grow a business to a certain stage, and then they want to uh, get investors, or they change their corporate structure, or they're planning to move towards listing on the stock exchange, or those sorts of things. And they start to lose control over the culture of the organisation, mm. which becomes a dilemma for them. And they then have this, they think it's a great idea at the time to get investors in as a case in point. They get in, an investor in and they what the investor wants is return on investment. They're not invested in the original story of the business. So the founder can often feel as though they Losing control of their baby, their dream, the original reason why they did what they did and invested so much time, effort, and energy in surviving. How this manifests is they then resist what's happening. They can actually be quite difficult to deal with, but not because they don't want the business to progress or succeed. It's more to do with the fact that they want to tell their story. They want everyone to understand the pain that they've been through. They want everyone to understand that, you know, two years ago, I actually had to mortgage the house for the third time to be able to do this, do this thing that is a business. So it's a real dilemma for founders making that that transition between what was them in total control of their business and them now having influences from elsewhere and it can be simple things like putting a CEO on that has corporate knowledge to have a better corporate structure for the business better platform for the business moving forward and the you get clashes between the owner and the CEO because the CEO is employed to do a job and the owner wants to remind them about how tough it's been or why you can't buy an extra box of staples because in three years ago I couldn't afford staples
1: yeah. And so let's break down as to as to how this becomes a problem because I think you've partly articulated that already, but it sounds like that, and I'm sure that a lot of people who have started business as founders would remember that, yeah, it's it's a challenge, right? Particularly early on, cash is always a bit of a crunch. Working capital is always more of a challenge than anyone expects in almost every business, I think, that uh, of everyone I've ever met. I've had my own experiences like that as well. Yeah. And so is it because someone when they start the business, they hadn't really planned for what that might look like in the future. And when that future comes, it's a problem that they've kicked that can down the road. Or is it in fact, because some other root cause issue that someone might be able to start addressing earlier in the piece?
2: Every business starts as a passion project. Mm. Starts as a good idea. So an individual will put their heart and soul into it. And the challenge with that or the problem with that is that you cannot get anyone else to have the same level of passion that you have for the product or the service or whatever you're doing. They don't have the same investment. No one else has the same investment. So it's not something that you can plan for because you can't sit there on day one and say, and guarantee that this is going to be highly successful and this is how I'm going to approach it at year five, six, seven, eight or nine. Because there's too much uncertainty, though I believe you're working on some stuff to get some certainty around that too, Jason. So, Anyway, the point with that is the owner, the founder of a business, has to get six to 12 months into it before they can be confident that it's going to work. Yeah. So before they, they then start to plan what the next phases might be of growth and so on. We're finding a lot of businesses attracting investors now simply because of the way the world's gone at the moment. And there's a lot of investment money around for more local type projects. So the opportunities increased where businesses probably weren't thinking about it before. So that therein is another dilemma where you haven't thought about it before. When you start the business, you're I guess the decision you need to make is, is this a business that I'm going to be with for the rest of my life? Or is this a business
1: that I'm going to build and make money out of? And is that a decision that you've found that that can be made? Because I could sort of see how that dilemma, that is a dilemma in itself, you know, like the the energy that someone would attack a, an early stage business, of course. I mean, you mentioned about the passion. I can see that Everyone, most people, I don't think there's too many people who would sort of start a business and go, okay, let's just see how we go, you know, and without feeling like there's some responsibility to keep things going, because as the bills pile up, it gets really serious really quickly. It gets real really quickly when things aren't going particularly well. And so the idea that, wow, this is pretty serious, we need to take this pretty seriously is is there. Is it then a case of someone maybe having an intention to go down one of those paths and then finding that... In fact, either through their skills or through the energy that it's taken for the first couple of years, or through some other expertise, or through something that just didn't go to plan, alters that decision and therefore maybe changes their mind. You know, and then creates an, almost another dilemma. We call this the leadership dilemma, Chris. But actually, this is the leadership dilemmas plural by the, by the sounds is. of it. Oh no, it absolutely.
2: And I'll throw a, another dilemma in there that um, sure. to challenge the thinking around. No one sits there and says. I'll have a go at this and see what happens. They do it with intent. Now, every hobby that anyone does is a let's have a play with this and see what happens. So the dilemma there is are you doing a hobby that makes some money or are you doing a business? Yeah. And it's a change of thinking that, that needs to occur early on about where you're going to take this once you see the possibilities open up. Is that an example of a question you might ask someone? Yes. Yeah. No, most definitely. The other question, I guess, is what role do you want to play when this business grows into whatever it can be?
1: Yeah. And, and so there's probably two questions I want to ask. Let's see if I can get the order right. I mean, the implications are for that and you know then how does the organizational structure work? because I'm guessing that a founder will always feel like they want to be, well, maybe feel like they want to be involved, but how they are involved and what is the best way for a structure to happen and the skills to occur, yeah. there might be a gap between their perception of what things might look like in their mind and the expertise that you can bring. You know, so there's there's one thing that we might just get you to cover off if you can, and the second thing is some tips for people coming into a business like that. You know, you talk about a COO or so, or even a CEO or someone coming in, what their mindset should be like, considering that the founder who might still be involved in the business may have these preconceived notions. So, do you want to just talk a bit about those two things if you can?
2: Yes, yeah, certainly. From a, the founder themselves, they have a specific skill they're promoting, that they're developing. So pretty much every former CEO becomes a consultant right? because they've got all this experience that they can share with the world and the world needs to know it. But the world's different when they're consulting by themselves than it is when they were CEO of the company. And that's all the pieces about support structures and finance and so on that they have to do themselves, right down to having to do their tax returns. Yeah, very different. <laughs> it's very, very different. And these are the early considerations if you want to go into into business is that you mentioned it quite rightly before, there's a whole lot of things that make up doing business. And it's not just the thing. There's probably only 20% of the, the thing that you want to do that you get to actually do because of everything else that you have to do around that business. Yeah. From sales to client management to chasing accounts to all those sorts of things in the early stages. And the challenge, of course, for anyone is, as I mentioned before, you've gone in with a skill set. We see it in the IT space all the time. We see someone comes up with a great idea on on a platform, a, a set of coding or whatever. They're really good at that. But how do you monetize that in the true business sense? Control your IP, do all the bits and pieces that are necessary there. So, that is a mindset thing, Jason. I believe that you have to look at the facts about what it is. It's not just putting an idea to market. There's a whole lot of consideration that goes around with that. And whether you outsource it or insource it or sideways source it or whatever you do with it, they're all considerations that the majority of people don't have early in the piece. Here in Australia, we've got in the first year, we've got something like 70% of businesses fail. But that's not because it wasn't a good idea at the time. It's because the people actually lose momentum because they're not doing what they want to do. So you've got to consider all those things to start with. Your second question was around when a CEO, CFO or a senior person comes in, what tips and tricks for them? They can't forget the story that there is a story. Yeah. Yep. And one of the things we've been doing recently is actually we work with a lot of high growth companies and this of course is this dilemma is rife amongst those companies. We actually sit the founder founders down in front of all their staff and interview them about what the journey's been. Because if we look at there's two things we commonly hear the founder of the business saying no one understands me and where I've been and and where the business is at. And you've got the staff going, why have we got so many restrictions on us? Why have we got these processes that we have to follow and so on? So you get this big disconnect between the founders and the staff and it becomes a blame game and unhappy workplace. Mm. But once the, um, as you well know, if people have got something to if they can understand, if they can make sense of stuff and have something to buy into and know where they contribute to that vision, journey, whatever, they will. They join a a growth company because they want to be part of something. But the story doesn't get told.
1: They can't share into it, yeah. It, it,
2: yeah, so they can't buy sense. into it. So from a new CEO point of view, CFO point of view, they need to, to extract that story from the founder to the organization so that the organization can buy in and go, that's why we can't buy staples. That's why we can only buy one box at a time. Because of the third mortgage that happened, oh, that's okay. I get that. It mightn't be ideal, but I get what's behind it.
1: Yeah, and that sounds like a conversation that you might then have as part of the work that you guys are doing at the moment. I mean, you mentioned you're working with a number of high growth companies, and this sounds like it's because you're so familiar with the content. It sounds like it's something which is that you speak about quite often. And how important is this then for the part that we're about setting growth for the next stage? You know, so is this something where you think it's a moment in time? Is it something that you help companies prepare for over a period of time? What's an ideal time to to sort of start conversations about these kinds of topics, if you're a founder or a, or a business leader that's been involved from the very beginning in an organisation, when is the right time to be thinking about it? Is it any tips on that? The
2: time's now.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Because we don't do it. That's the thing. We, we just assume that everyone will get what is hap- happening around them. They'll get the story. We, with a, an organisation a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago or something, And they had staff uh, that had been with them from the beginning and we asked for a show of hands about who knew the true journey of the business. It had had a couple of iterations of name changes and partners came and went and and those sorts of things. And two of the original people put their hands up and said, yep, no at all. And there were 30-odd people in the room. And everyone else said no, got no idea. At the end of uh, Nick doing the interview of the founders, no one in the room could put their hand up and say, I knew the story, not a single person. Mm -hmm. They knew their version of the story, but they'd never heard the story.
3: And I think as well, in I'm going to pick on that particular point, the founders who uh, in this particular instance were still very much involved in the organisation and were leading the organisation they had previously, prior to this day, they'd identified with us someone in their organization that had been with them for a couple of years, I think two or three years, yeah. that had identified as a possible future leader. And they sort of recognized that there will come a point in time with this particular individual where they will either really take that opportunity with two hands or they might exit the organization and try and forge their own path elsewhere i actually happened to catch up with this person after that retreat day that we did and where we shared the story and i asked i said did you realize the journey that the organization's been on before you had joined and he said i had no idea and It's so fascinating to get an understanding of the story from here to now, but it's made me really realize that I want to be part of creating
1: the story moving forward. Isn't that interesting? I mean, we sort of urge you on that whole topic of assumption and what people mean, but the fact that you're sitting down and having those conversations and someone who thought they probably knew and everyone, all the pieces of the puzzle probably thought they knew, but it turns out they didn't. And it sounds like that was a great opportunity for them to just sort of come together on some information that everyone probably yeah, assumed that they knew, but didn't. And, uh, you know, so I'm glad you, that piece in Nick. And, and again, and is that something commonly that you would work with when it comes to these sorts of organizations, you know, this yes. kind of story, this kind of yes. bringing together or yes. listing this, this information and, and drawing it out to help everyone understand, not just for their own marketing point of view, but the the internals, people who are there, but also maybe new people who are starting and recruiting.
2: Absolutely. You know? The fundamental challenge is that a founder is an entrepreneur in some way shape or form as the business grows they bring people in that aren't entrepreneurs they want to work for someone at least in that period of their life they might be entrepreneurs later on but the founder expects everyone to think like them but there's that fundamental difference between the thinking and the why motivation of the people that are working for you versus you as the founder? That's a necessity.
1: Yeah. I mean, that just sort of leads me to the question around, you know, if there is, say I I'm a founder or there's a founder listening to this right now. What is your advice about how to make that transition? Because that might also be a bit of a scary step or a dilemma, you know, around I've always done these things my this way, or, you know, I'm looking to transition what's the course of action or any tips that you can provide to people about how they might start thinking about making this step, obviously apart from calling yourselves, you know, <laughs> but. Um... <laughs> That's a good start.
2: I guess the one most important thing for me is from the founder point of view, don't be so defensive about your business. Don't take it personally. If someone is saying to you, if you bring people in because you want growth and they say, this is where we're seeing the growth and you hadn't thought about it, don't defend your position. Open your eyes up uh, to it, as difficult as it can be. It's not an attack on your business. You've made a clear decision that you want to grow and get an investor or bring more people in, change the structure, whatever it might be. You've made that decision that you want to go down that path. Allow it to happen. You're not losing control of the business by doing that you're actually controlling the business better or the business environment better
1: by doing it yeah i mean that's a scary proposition of course but i think it's wonderful advice wonderful advice guys we're well, going to leave it there thank you so much for your time leadership div- or the founders dilemma i think it's a wonderful enjoy the rest of your day
2: You too. thank you
0: thanks jason Thanks for listening to this episode of the Grey Matter Podcast. If you haven't already, please hit subscribe on whatever is your preferred podcast platform so you don't miss our weekly episodes. And please, if you're listening on iTunes, leave a review, preferably five star, as it will help our podcast grow and will be greatly appreciated. If you received any value from this episode, please share it with a friend, a family member, a colleague, or even your boss, as we are wanting to share value in any way we can to anyone we can. Also like us on LinkedIn and Facebook by searching Grey Matter Solutions, M-A-T-T-A on the matter, and subscribe to our YouTube where we're actually posting full episodes of the podcast each week. Jump onto our website, www.greymattersolutions.com and hit subscribe there to receive helpful articles, tips, and tricks in your inbox each week and month from the great minds we have here at GMS. Thank you for listening and we will see you in the next episode.